Hi, everyone. Before we get started on today's episode, we have some news to share. We do have news to share. And that is that this is the last episode that you're going to hear from Tuesdays with Mary and Dad Rock. It's a sad uh, moment, but I'm glad. In two of our lives. Yeah. Three, maybe. (laughs) And and I'm glad we get a chance to kind of, um, you know, wrap things up a little bit and say thank you to folks who helped us. And I think I would want to say thank you to you, Mary. You um, came into the Dad Rock universe and just were a a bright light. Yeah, that's right. That shined, I think. What did we start talking about Wilco one day? Yeah. And then we just had you back. It was so much fun. That was fun. That Yeah. Yes. And so thank you to you and to Jim for inviting me to be part of your podcast. I, I had this like perfect little world of having this sort of like sub podcast yeah. underneath the big dad rock umbrella, which was a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, it was beautiful. And, you know, thank you to everybody who listened because. Yes. We appreciate that, and we appreciate that we got to hear from you on your favorite songs, on things that you agreed and disagreed with us on. We had lots of great conversations. This has really been such a fun, fun project for me to have. Yeah, and you know, I, I echo that sentiment. It was so heartwarming when we started to get a response, you know, from people, and and um, immediately when the first time you came and talked to us, it was so natural and so comfortable. We decided to, you know, to just bring it back. But then, um, as you said. Um, so many of, uh, you know, the things that we did were just really natural and easy and fun. And you introduced us to Tug, right? right. So we had some great conversations My with Tug. My man, Tug Baker. Yeah. It's cool to see, like, how music plays out through your lifetime and, and how much of a thing that it is that you share with other people. Mm-hmm. I would also call out if you haven't been listening throughout this year. So 2016 was the year that I had the Tuesdays with Mary podcast under Dad Rock, really from kind of start to finish with a break there. As I went on maternity leave and had my baby, we did an interview with a colleague, um, Rob Schneider, who um, we talked with his son and his experience with Ben Folds. That was a really special episode to do. Fantastic. Um, I remember bringing on my friend Abby and talking um, about how classical music influenced indie music. That was really cool. That was really cool. That felt like one of our most like expert podcasts. Yeah, that was (laughs) great. Because I am no expert on no nothing. (laughs) She knew a lot of stuff. She does. And... um, you talked to your dad once, too. I did. That was particularly yeah. fun. I like that. One of my personal favorites probably when I interviewed my brother because we just got the giggles pretty hardcore <laughs> right in the middle of the episode. <laughs> we were talking about that was great. some, he was going to make a t-shirt quilt for his son. And I don't know, we just went down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so I will miss having kind of this venue of talking about music with those people in my life and getting to share that with other people and... Um, I think it was probably hard to listen to that episode and not laugh with us, yeah. even if we <laughs> didn't know what we were talking about and we didn't know what we were talking about. But yeah, that, yeah. W- that was beautiful. And, um, and, and also want to say thanks to all the folks from USA Today who helped out when Mary was totally. away. There was also a, a really cool podcast um, that was kind of a present that was given to you, Mary. Oh, yeah. And that was really... Oh, man, what a highlight. <laughs> showed how much you were loved and respected around here. That was that a That was really a big cool deal. Thing. Yeah, a bunch of my um, work mates, teammates, and friends made a podcast for me as a, you know, baby shower gift, essentially, where yeah. they shared songs that they either share with their parents or share with their own kids. That was really cool and unexpected. And we were able to turn that from this kind of private personal team thing into a podcast, thanks to Jim's awesome editing chops yeah. and, and seeing the big picture there. So, um, yeah, that was really, really cool. I also um, had some friends of mine at work share stories for Mother's Day, too, in a similar vein, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know that that other thing was in the works. <laughs> so we sort of had two of these really cool 
being a mom personal episodes yeah. that are really nice. So They're both very memorable. I would encourage everyone to go back and listen to those. And, and I think too, that uh, you'll hear on the episode coming up, um, a lot of that spirit of mm-hmm. kind of camaraderie and, and shared passion for music that we have around this newsroom. Um, yes. So we're all very lucky to have gotten to know those people a little bit better There's some folks that I didn't know at all. And when they came on the podcast, I got to know them. So that was, that was really nice. Yes. That's a big Foder, friends of dad rock family. So yeah. Yes. Um, and thank you. I would also say to the people at work that let us do this, that let exactly. us have this time to work on this. But I think it was really a special project for us to do. So yeah. um, to everybody who made it possible, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And and I think uh, you and I both probably want to say a big thank you to Jim Linehan. Humongous. Who, yeah. Who really was, you know, kind of the energetic driving force behind Dad Rock. Anybody who got an email response from Jim or, <laughs> you know, a tweet response or a Facebook response understands uh, how passionate he was and everything that he brought to this. And, you know, personally, I can't thank him enough for allowing me in on it. You know, he gave us all some great experiences and um jim jim made so much of this happen so thank you so much jim for creating this world and bringing us into it and making it move forward and we miss you at work but we sure do things change and uh i think this is a good time as we turn the page at the end of the year to you know put some things to bed and move on to other projects yeah that's right and um we'll still be around in the world you can still find us that's right right? where can folks find you mary they can find me on twitter Mm -hmm. mary vale m-a-r-y-v-a-l-e they can find me on facebook searching for my full name and i post a lot of things publicly a lot of usa today stories and other stuff and thoughts on music so i would still love to connect with you and those of you that i have already i hope we will continue to so thank you absolutely um, I have a Twitter account. It's at the Mr. Patty. You'll see a cryptic tweet once every two weeks <laughs> on regular schedule. And sometimes I even answer. You yeah. Know, you might get a, like a message. 35 tweets in a row on a Friday night and then nothing for three weeks. But that's pretty much the way I roll. That's how yeah. we do it. <laughs> and, and none of them will make sense um, to anybody but me. But that's okay. <laughs> um, that's what you sign up for. So, yes. Well, thank you all so much. And let's talk about so, the songs of 2016. Amen. Thanks, Mary. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Happy end of year Tuesday, guys. I can't believe it's the end of the year already. What happened? I don't know. 2016 flew by. Yeah. Many things happened. A lot of things happened. Yeah. How was your year? I know it was pretty spectacular. It was a good year for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been a hard year for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, usually by the end of the year, people are ready to turn the page, as it were, on the figurative calendar of life. I kind of always am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like sometimes in June, I'm ready for it, to begin, <laughs> but that's just me. As soon as a few couple of bad things happen, it's like, all right, let's move on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what can we do to clear the slate here? Yeah. But this is going to be a fun conversation that we're having today with uh, colleagues, friends uh, from around our newsroom and that's other right. places um, to talk about their favorite songs of 2016. Yeah. So this is our annual, second annual end of year songs of the year podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think is cool about it is what what we sort of do generally, which is we don't try to make an exhaustive objective list of anything. Right. It's about personal stories and the way that people connect with music. So you can't be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. If you say this was my favorite song, then by golly, you're right. There you go. If you say this is the best song, then we're up for debate. And that's not what we're going to do here. No. And I think it's going to be interesting as we go through um, all of these songs with the different guests that we're going to have coming into the studio today, <clears throat> because we're not going to see some of the 
bigger, maybe more interesting albums that were released this year necessarily represented. That's but we right. should hear some some cool um, under the radar stuff and just some things that I think connect with people. But you know, there are a lot of big albums this year. We had a new Radiohead. I don't. We're not going to talk about that today. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about some of the people we lost this year, like Bowie um, and Prince. Right. But we are going to hear from people about what was meaningful to them, and I yeah. think that's that's what's really cool about this. I think that's right. It's not like the cooking channel where everything has to be a contest, right? It's mm-hmm. not holiday bake-off. It's just <laughs> yeah. what connected with you. Right. And we wouldn't do like a holiday sing-off because that would be just a bad idea for that us. Would, would <laughs> <laughs> so I was out for a good portion of this year. Mm-hmm. And while I was gone, Tuesdays with Mary, which, by the way, is what you're listening to. Yes. And also we should say, hi, I'm Mary Nahorniak. And I am Patrick Foster. You sure are. Um, and I was away, and so we did also did Tuesdays Without Mary, where uh-huh. we had you guys had lots of guests come in and talk about music that they like and, and uh, all kinds of interesting things that mm-hmm. were fun for me to hear while I was away on maternity leave. So we're having some of those people come back in yep. today and we're just running through our guests. And we have our first dude in the studio. He is right. like, dancing in his chair. I'm ready to go. Okay. This is Adam Woodard. What's up, everybody? Not hey, an man. intern. Not no. an intern. No time employee. Intern. It's like I believe in putting your strongest hitter at the top of the lineup. So we're going with <laughs> well, Adam. I better not flop on right this. in the leadoff that's, spot. That's here. high yeah. praise coming out the gate. Yeah, man. This year, pretty big for me. Got hired on full time at USA Today, and immediately started becoming a good friend of the Dad Rock Tuesdays with Mary podcast. I was one of your Tuesdays without Mary hosts. We talked about country music a that's couple weeks awesome. ago. Did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Had some fun with Patrick here in the studio, telling that's some right. stories and playing a couple games. Um, I also did. We did a bonus track after that. Uh, talking about a band that I uh, found last year, actually, but really hit the uh, really hit the scene this year called Kaleo, a band from Iceland. I saw them at the 930 Club back in September. And I know you guys can probably speak to this, too, but when you're at a show and you hear a song for the first time and you kind of like, you kind of hit you, you have that like out of body experience. We're like, whoa, like this is amazing. Like, I don't want to leave this moment. I want to stay here all night. Don't want to leave the venue. I had that about three or four different times. Um, and they were songs you hadn't heard until that moment? Most of those songs had I had not heard until that moment. Wow. Um, they played some newer stuff, which was great. And they are probably the band that you don't know about but should in 2016. So I wanted to come on and talk about them one more time. An nice. interesting group, sort of an Icelandic band that plays a style or a take on Amer- modern American country music, right? Yeah. I mean, there's the very strong undertones of, you know, blues, folk, um, and then hard rock, too. I mean, uh, a close comparison, I think, that we made. Last time was my fellow people from Akron, Ohio, the Black Keys. Oh. Um, they sound a lot like that, um, cool. but it's a, a little different, but a lot of uh, similarities in the, what they play. So not in the other Icelandic musician tradition of Bjork Sigaros. No. <laughs> nothing no, nothing not... like that at all. You'll hear yeah. it and you'll think, how are these guys from Iceland? They don't sound like it at all. It's pretty awesome. Very cool. So tell us about what song we're going to hear and, and why this was specifically your song of the year. Didn't know which one I wanted to pick until we walked into <laughs> so the studio today. Um, so many good ones. Um, but Hot Blood is definitely the one that I want to go with. Um, it's a hard rocking song that I feel like no matter what kind of genre you like or listen to, um, this is a song you're going to be tapping your foot to, bobbing your head to, dancing around to, and I bet everybody here in the studio is going to be enjoying it too, I bet. Let's start the dance party. Let's go. You turn your back, you're a broken man. They come around and just die in the shape of your head. I don't expect you to understand. Keep telling yourself there's no shame They don't know about who we are They don't know about you and I They ain't no blind by the stars 
That might be my new song of the year. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand why you felt the way that you did seeing these guys in concert. Yeah, no, there's, you know, later on in the song, they, you know, go hard guitar solo, and there's a, there's a strong build with the drums and everything just kind of flows together perfectly, and they play live almost exactly like they do in studio. Like, it doesn't sound any different. Um, it sounds just like they do, you know, when you're listening on your iPod or on your computer or something, and it's just, it's it, they put on a hell of a show. Yeah, very foot stomping. Yeah, yeah right? And and when we originally uh, talked about this band, uh, I heard from a one good friend of mine, old friend of mine, Anthony Child. Shout out to you for for reaching out and talking about this band uh, and and really liking it. And heard from a couple other people that were like, "Wow, this is really cool. Not what I would have expected." And country music isn't that bad anymore, right? It's not bad. It doesn't suck. Just give it a chance. <laughs> um, not that they sound country or anything, but a lot of blues and folk undertones there. Absolutely. But um. Yeah, and it's. I definitely think I've said it once. I'll say it again. It's the band you don't know about but should. Um, they've already sold out shows in January um, in London and Belgium, over in France, and they're coming back to the states and doing some uh, tours there. They're going to be with the Lumineers in March. Oh yeah, it's so a I'm good gonna pairing. Going to be going back to uh, my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, seeing them in March. Just bought my tickets on the way in today when I was doing some research for the oh, pod. Perfect. So uh, I'm excited to see them again. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adam, for, for being a guest today and for being a guest this year and bringing all kinds of great new music our way. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do more in 2017. Happy New Year. Happy Peace, man. All right. So let's keep that party vibe happening. And our next guest is one Jody Gersh. Welcome, Jody. Hello. Hi, Miss Jody. Happy to be here. We are super glad to have you. It's my annual showing on Bad Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your song that you've chosen is a is a pretty fun one. Yes. So why don't you just tell us all about it? It's actually why I chose it, because regardless of your political views, this year was rough for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially all of the celebrity deaths, but that's something else. Right. And I just, when this song came out, it just put me in a good mood. Every time I heard it, it put me in a good mood, and I needed to be in a good mood a lot this year, um, and I feel like it came out at a really perfect time for that. I didn't even know who was singing it when I first heard it. I was like, this is a great song. Um, and then I found out who it was, and that made me even happier. <laughs> I like him. Well, don't keep us in suspense. It's uh, it's JT. It's the man. <laughs> Jonathan uh, Taylor Thomas? Yes. <laughs> no, that's JTT. Oh, yeah, right. Um, Justin Timberlake, uh, the song from Trolls, movie I have not seen, but I have danced to this song quite a bit in my car mostly. Mm-hmm. Car dancing is, ju- it's like chair dancing. They're just, they're, you got to do them. You got to yeah. do yeah. it. Everybody yeah. does it. And you don't care who sees you, which is the great mm-hmm. thing about car dancing. Suddenly you're uninhibited, right? A lot of times when yeah. I see somebody in their mm-hmm. car singing, it makes me happy. So, Well, that's kind of what this Roll song is about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hear this, this earworm, which just can't stop the feeling. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it. So don't stop
chair dance. <laughs> <laughs> or we have a full-fledged dance party going on here in the Did we Facebook studio. Live that? That would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been. Yeah. It's, yeah. All it's in my brain forever. Yeah. Mr. Patty wasn't dancing. He, I don't no. think he dances. I don't dance. Do you, you head bop occasionally? You don't <laughs> yeah, dance, occasionally. Dance, dance, dance. My chin stroking goes up a little. <laughs> so cerebral listening yeah, that's to all JT. That's right, yeah. Yes, deep thoughts. But yeah, so, I mean, as evidenced in this room, you can't not move to it except for Mr. Patty. But the rest of us could not not move to it. And I think that alone, you know, I don't, I have yet to meet anyone that doesn't like it or is sick of it or thinks it's annoying yet. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like Justin Timberlake is something we can all agree on. We can all agree that black jeans are more like pants than mm-hmm. they are like jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you can wear them to work. Agreed. And that Justin Timberlake is pretty great. Unanimous. He is pretty great. <laughs> that's a very infectious kind of a jam. That's got to say, that's the first time I heard it, but I liked it. What? Yeah. What? I have, I have not heard it before. You, so I, you didn't see trolls. I didn't see trolls. <laughs> or no. watch TV at all. I loved it. And, uh, I, I agree. I think he's a multi-talented performer. Um, you know, he can do it all. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. He he's can a write. Tri- triple threat. Yeah. He could be a cartoon. Yeah, he can be he a cartoon. He could be a troll. Mm-hmm. Right. He can voice over. Um, and he can put you in a good mood when you're not. I wouldn't be surprised this is playing at a lot of New Year's Eve parties. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine busting that one out at, on any kind of a mixtape and not getting a great reaction from it, right? I yep. think it, yeah, could fit right in next to, it could fit right in right next to a lot of the records that came out this year that people were saying like what a revolutionary dance record this is you know like um lemonade or Mm -hmm. um life of pablo or any of you know the tracks on any of those records for sure yeah yeah i i have it on my spotify happy mix that's a great mix to have jody on the web it's public (laughs) go to it i've been adding songs to it over the years but it, it made the cut this year thank you for having me happy 2017 happy new year thanks jody Okay, so it was great to have that little bit of pop magic that uh, Jody just brought us, but um, we have another good friend here in the studio, Kevin Goff. How are you, man? I'm good. good. How are you? I'm well, thanks, and thanks for dropping by. We're going to hear a little more rock and roll uh, kind of a thing from your pick, right? Um, uh, definitely not Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And uh, not really uh, sort of the modern sounds of Kaleo. Yeah, I tend to focus on the... Uh, traditional rock band setup of musicians where you have guitar based drums those kinds of things so so we're gonna hear a song from car seat headrest and this is an album that mary i don't know if you've listened to it i have um it's been lauded by many critics as one of the best rock guitar records in a long time how do you where do you stand on that kevin uh yeah i I like it a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure it's at that status. I think a lot of it might be hype at this point. Um, but Kind of with you on that. I can't really explain, you know, my attraction to the song other than, uh, you know, what's when I hear it, it you know, I want to hear more. Mm. Yeah, that's, so. that's, as, that's as simple as it has to get sometimes. So why don't we hear a little bit of Fill in the Blank, right. um, which is on um, the record that came out this year, Teens of Denial from Car Seat Headrest. Are we waiting for you to fill in the blank of the song title? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, here we go.
So, like, I don't know if you hear that guitar uh, just sort of follows the vocals in yeah. a lot of ways. It, the drums and the bass are real tight, yep. but the guitar is just kind of dragging a CC fit, and I, I just really like that. I love that about this album. I love the different layers of guitar and the way he kind of overdubs them. And um, like you, I've been a little bit puzzled by some of the critical reaction, but I do think it's a, a fine, fine record and super enjoyable to listen to, and I love the way that uh, each song or many of the songs anyway, contain kind of different parts, right? So there's there's multiple. It's not like here's one verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of a song. There's all kinds of things that float in and out with those songs and slashes and all kinds of different uh, neat, like, parallel ways he plays with, with the composition. Right, right. There's also another aspect of uh, Car Seat Headrest that brought it to me was that he's from Leesburg, yeah. Virginia, which yeah. is where I live. Did not know that used to actually practice in his car and record in his car. So that's how he got the, the name Car Seat Headrest, specifically. And supposedly would walk around town like wearing big headphones, just kind of by himself. Did you ever Did you ever catch a glimpse of him? Yeah. No, I, I don't know stuff him. Stuff I've heard in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's you know, even before I heard his music, I, I knew it was from Leesburg. So yeah. it uh, when, when all the hype started, I was like, you know what, you should check it out. And this is what I heard. Yeah. Will, so Will Toledo is the uh, main driving force be- behind Car Seat Headrest. And I'm not sure now if he has a full band with him. But, um, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that he recorded early was just kind of albums he made sort of in his bedroom or, or by himself. Um, but has really evolved into this much more fully formed kind of a you know flag bearer for indie rock right now. Right. And just before this album came out, he put out a uh, playlist of all of his songs that reminded him of what was while he was recording uh, Teens of Denial. It had like The Who on it and a lot of really obscure songs, but also some very mainstream yeah. rock and roll tunes. So That's awesome. Is yeah. that on Spotify? It is. Cool. Yeah. And you can kind of hear a lot of different influences throughout this record. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, Kevin. The first time I listened to it, it took me a while. Um, but, you know, after a few plays, sticking with a little bit, listen to it different times, different areas headphones car you know walking around it's it really starts to seep in yeah that second song i think vincent which is actually i think a single now yeah. just has like two minutes of an uh a noise i couldn't even tell you and i, I don't yeah. know if he's trying to be <laughs> pete townsend or something you know but it's just this loop of this noise over and over but uh I, what i've noticed that he likes the the longer songs this is a particularly short one from yeah yeah, build up and kind of tension and release are important to this record. Um, so thanks, man. I, cool. I thank that's you. awesome. Thank you yeah, for, thanks for absolutely having a great contribution to the uh, overall 2016 scene for sure. That's cool. right. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. All right. Next up, we have a super special guest, and it is my one and only brother, Mark Hartney, who is talking to us live from Florida. How's it going, everybody? What's up, brother? Happy almost end of year. Hey, Mark. How are you? How's it going, guys? Hey, Meryl, see you soon. I know. It's going to be exciting. Um, so we are talking today about our favorite songs of the year. And what's cool about it, I think, is we're not talking about the best songs. It's just the songs that we personally like the most. So you gave me a couple of choices, and I, I really like the one that you chose. So why don't you just tee it up for us? Sure. So I was really excited uh, to go see Disney's Moana because 
it means that I can take our kids to the drive-in movie theater and back up the pickup and watch the whole movie outside. <laughs> the weather's nice and the sun is down and the kids can run around a little bit. And so I was already excited for this movie. And then I found out that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote a bunch of the songs then I also found out that The Rock actually sings in the movie, and I uh, I was really excited to see how it went. And I heard him sing, and he kind of exemplifies the "if you can't sing it, bring it" attitude. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. So I I really I really liked it for that because he really puts himself out there, and it's a song that I can also sing to the kids. That's awesome. Because I am always doing things for them. And so then I can wander around the kitchen and say, <laughs> I made you some breakfast. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what this song is called, You're Welcome. And I think we should just say that 2016 was a good year for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Because he stars in HBO's Ballers, which is a show that I really like, mostly so that I can see his outfits. <laughs> they are <laughs> custom and they are epic. And, uh, and he's singing in Moana and he's doing all kinds of things. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all for Dwayne the Rock Johnson going for the EGOT. Yes, bring it. All right, let's hear your welcome from Disney's Moana. I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes, let's begin. Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod. When you're staring at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Look at him, yo. Oh, also I lasso the sun. You're welcome to stretch your days and bring you fun. Also I harness the breeze. You're welcome to fill your sails and shake your trees. So what can I say? What can you say? You're welcome. <laughs> I love this because I, I I dig where Mark's coming from. It's funky and it's functional, That's right? right? That's great. <laughs> yeah. I picked up your toys last night. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Are there genius. kids singing it back to you? Um, Jack is actually Jack actually will say you're welcome, and I was it was during the movie uh, for the first time I actually saw him start to sing and dance a little bit along with something. And he, that he'd never experienced for for uh, in his life. So the, for the first time, I saw him sing and dance along with something that he'd never heard before. So it was really cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. I feel like the the "You're Welcome" in the song is just this side of like "You're Welcome," you know, <laughs> like <laughs> gritting my teeth. It's it's cocky. It suits the you know the rock outside the movie. So it's a really well written song. I I actually this is another little aside about the movie. I don't know if it fits here, but. We actually found a discount magical fish hook, or at least it was on Black Friday. This is something that Maui, the rock's character, has. And I gave it to my son, and I said, Jack, this is a magical fish hook. 
what would you want to turn into with your magical fish hook? Because he's very creative and imaginative. And he said, Dad, this is not magic. This is a toy. <laughs> Dad, I want to be the rock. <laughs> yeah. And when does uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda have time to just toss off the soundtrack to a Disney movie That guy definitely time? does not sleep. It's incredible. Awesome. Well, thank you for this pick, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. That's too easy. And we're done. <laughs> All right. Bye. Couldn't have teed that one up any better. Didn't mean to. Perfect timing. Continuing the musical style <laughs> of our next song, we've brought in Kelly Lawler, one of the hosts of another excellent USA Today podcast, The Mothership. The Mothership. Woo! to talk about her song of the year and she was on our podcast last year i was and this is kind of an extension of what you talked about at the end of 2015 so <laughs> fill us in um yeah so last year i talked about uh, a song from the original broadway cast recording of hamilton and a year later we are all still talking about hamilton which a couple times it, a day yeah um yeah. which is a testament to w- this show and I mean, it's going to be around and in the conversation for a long, long time. And like you got Phantom to see of the it Opera this long. year, is that right? Is that right? Yeah, I saw it in March. It was great. I got, <laughs> I got to see it with uh, the original Broadway cast before uh, everyone started leaving after the Tonys. It's still fantastic from everyone I've heard who's seen it in Chicago and with the new cast on Broadway and everything. So, I mean, it's just the music is so well done. The story is so iconic that it's hard to do it wrong. And so... This year, they came out with the Hamilton Mixtape, which is a bunch of much bigger name recording artists um, doing uh, takes on the songs, riffing off lyrics and tracks. They added a couple demos that didn't make it into the original show. Um, And the one that I picked, um, I picked because it's not exactly my favorite off of the album, but I love it because the song in the original show was written to be a 90s R&B song. And the artists they got to record on the mixtape were Ashanti and Ja Rule. Oh, yes. The <laughs> late perfect. 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, it's so cool to see that because the whole thing is kind of like this love letter to different periods of, of rap and hip hop and pop music history. And then to get those people in a room and actually putting their spin on it is really fun. And it sounds so natural to hear these people performing it. It's really cool the way it was interpreted, not so strictly note for note, but as you said, interpreting and kind of bringing in some demos and just making it really cool like a mixtape. Yeah, and they did. I think there are fun little touches that are added specifically to this track. He says Ashanti instead of Eliza on the rap, um, talking about f- forming a house in Queens instead of in Harlem. Um, and the the backing is a lot poppier. There's a little more auto-tune. It just... But it doesn't sound unnatural at all. It's not like we're taking a song from The Lion King and giving it to yeah. <laughs> you know someone else. It's it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's one of the you know I think there are some really hardcore fans of the original Broadway cast of that soundtrack, and I don't think anyone is upset about any of the uh, mixtape tracks. Maybe the Jimmy Fallon one, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is the combination of like the best elements of that that were on the whole album there are a lot of really great takes there are a lot of really great names and there are interesting songs the kelly clarkson version of it's quiet uptown is also a big standout but this one seems like all of the elements came together at once representative yeah yeah great let's hear helpless yeah I like the way that came in rule 
It's so much fun. Lynn has said, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who uh, created You're Hamilton. You're on the first name, Lynn basis. Well, I've talked to him once, so. That's right. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, has said that they're going to do a part two of the mixtape, because obviously they didn't do every song. There are, you know, 30 plus songs in the musical. And my one wish is that they do this this kind of treatment, the original artists doing the version of their own music with the song The Skyler Sisters, which is definitely written to be a Destiny's Child song. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Go. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm putting it out there into the universe. What could 2017 hold? What could 2017 hold? That's a great wish. A beautiful thought. Do we get to make, like, New Year's wishes and blow out some candles or something like that? That would be great. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, like, dance around in a circle or throw salt over my shoulder, whatever it takes to make that happen. Right. Drink some champagne at midnight. And... Drink some lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kelly, so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kelly. From Hamilton to something a little bit different, we have Maeve McDermott here in the studio. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Maeve, our music editor. Yes. And New York Denizen. Yeah. No? Expat. Right. Maeve, let me ask you, uh, how hard was it to narrow this down to one song for 2016? So I kind of cheated. Um, I, <laughs> a little, uh, last week, I worked with Patrick Ryan mm-hmm. for a list for USA Today Life. And that one was a little bit more geared towards... You know, big pop songs that made an impact and had a narrative that was nice to write about. And I put this Angel Olsen album on my list, but this song, you know, didn't quite fit in the piece that we wrote. You Mm -hmm. know, it's kind of quiet. It's not a single from the album, but it was one of those songs where, like, you're listening to an album and you're like, whoa, this, I haven't, I don't think I'm going to hear anything I like better this year. You know, rewind, rewind, rewind. Um, And yeah, it's just really stuck with me. Um, It's off of, this is the third album from Angel Olsen. She's really grown so much. She kind of started out making this really spare folk that people were drawn to just because it was like emotionally devastating. Just the saddest stuff. Right. And this is her third album. The second one, she was, you know, it was a little bit noisier, more guitars. And this one, it's, uh, the album's name is My Woman. It's fantastic. The whole album is great. The first half is kind of more like Sheryl Crow-esque, like 90s guitar. It's, you know, it's really great. Most of the singles she's released kind of sound like that. And then just about halfway through, she kind of gets into this really like woozy, you know, synths and like more yep. dreamy effects. And this song, it kind of, it's, you know, a little bit slower. And just about halfway through, she kind of falls into, she just like, it's one of those songs that she's just repeating this line over and over and over and over, and it's all building up. And I 
I think she says, all my life I've thought I've changed, but I was on this big, long conversation with uh, some college radio friends, and they all thought she was saying something different. Mm, so it was like, all my, like, I've, I've, like, sought a change, or, and people thought she was saying something different every line, so it's, it's kind of up to your interpretation what she's saying, but it's it's really moving. It's a great song. It is a great song, and I, I totally get what you're saying about kind of the second half of the record becomes like more gauzy, and actually the one I like the best is Those Were the Days, which yeah. is the track immediately following Sister, um, mm-hmm. which just is an amazing song too. Um, but we'll have to let our listenership judge exactly what she's saying here if we can play that part of the song. But let's hear a little bit. Choose to, your own adventure. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of Sister from Angel Olsen. changed i saw a change i think someone thought it was i saw a change a thought is cool though too i think it's thought yeah but i i have like refrained the lyrics are probably online she's probably talked about let's the song. not google it no we'll i haven't it. googled it i want it to remain a mystery yeah, you got to keep that sort of Michael Stipe, Stipe sense of mystery where the lyrics are just floating about where you can recognize some <laughs> of them. Of right, it. exactly. That's part of the genius. So, yeah, My Woman, definitely a breakthrough for Angel Olsen. She had spent some time earlier in her career performing with Bonnie Prince Billy, kind of that palace sort of sound. And But here we were just looking up. There's a ton of um, top 10 and top 20 lists that this record has made this year. Well worth your time. Um, and, yeah, balance is kind of... Um, some some ghostly stuff with some more. It makes me think of Mazzy Star. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That kind of like yeah, the sort of ethereal fading in and fading out. Yeah, kind of sound. They definitely. The penultimate few songs are like very Mazzy Star. Yeah, definitely knew where the reverb and echo was when recording this record, which I think is a good thing. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what she does next because I think this really was a big breakthrough for her and uh, definitely catapulted her onto a, a much larger audience. So I'm kind of curious to see where she goes because, as Maeve said, she was kind of a sort of a withdrawn, kind of a quieter figure for a lot of her songwriting career a little more introspective so it'll be interesting to see how she handles the attention um and i like this the fact that there's a little dusty springfield kind of vibe in there at times a little dusty in memphis too yeah from the way y'all were talking about it i was thinking cat power and i didn't get that from the recording at all and she really leans into the brassy big voice when you see her live highly recommend um one of the most fun shows i've seen this year she almost played for two hours which is pretty crazy and it it was just captivating the whole time so i think she's just going to get louder and the production's going to get prettier and i think those are all great things agree 
Perfect. Thank you, May. This is a wonderful addition. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. All right. Next up, let's hear a long-distance dedication from my friend Megan Hoyer, a former USA Today person and somebody who talked with us on the show this year about a Jason Isbell concert that we went to together. So here's Megan with her song of the year. Hey, guys. So this is the year I reject my roots. I've long been an alternative rock and alt-country fan, um, and not a lot in those genres spoke to me this year, but I'll tell you what did, and that's the song Alaska by Maggie Rogers. She hasn't put out an album yet, but kind of came to national attention uh, back in June when Pharrell Williams sat in on her NYU music class and listened to a rough cut of Alaska, Um, and you kind of get to watch in this video uh, Pharrell's reaction to the song by this totally unnamed, you know, no-name talent. Um, And it's just fun to watch him. Like, he is at a couple points kind of close to tears. And at another point, he turns to the professor and just mouths, this is crazy. Um, Because here's this uh, student in front of him who just knows how to compose a song she knows how to put together a beat she has great transitions um she has a really interesting voice uh and she is just poppy and it's a danceable song and um it has stuck with me since then i've played it over and over again and i'm still not bored so uh that to me is the song of 2016 Took my breath away Moving slowly Through westward water Over glacial plains In a walked-off field In a walked-off and old me Old me, oh my I love that pick. That's really cool. Thank you, Megan. And continuing in our long distance dedication mode, we're going to go to Tug Baker, um, a good friend of mine and a good friend of the podcast who has been on a number of times this year. And he's going to talk about um, his song of the year, which will probably come as no surprise to friends and fans of of Tug on the show. Um, So let's let him explain why that is. Hello there, Dad Rock and Tuesdays with Mary, longtime listener, first time caller. Just kidding, it's me, Tug. I've called in a bunch and talked with you guys, uh, but Mary and Patrick asked me to talk to you today about my favorite song of the year, which is going to be Welcome to Earth, parentheses, Polywog by Sturgill Simpson uh, from his album A Sailor's Guide to Earth. Uh, Mary and the guys have talked about this uh, album on the podcast before, and uh, it's a really great one. Um, And specifically for me, it's really great because it is an album about being a first-time dad. Uh, And I uh, am also that whenever this came out. Uh, My son Oscar was born in August of the previous year. So 
for me, when the first lines, uh, hello, my son, welcome to earth, you may not be the last, but you'll always be the first, uh, come on i immediately teared up uh, the first time i was listening to it i didn't know about the story behind the album the story behind the album is that uh sturgill because he was spending so much time away from his new family uh wanted to give a letter uh to his son like his grandfather had written uh to his family whenever he went off to war uh so yeah this whole album kind of follows that trajectory and this song perfectly sets it up anything about the uh the story behind the album but that first line and this first song set it up for me so that when i got home and my wife told me like oh my god did you read about the sturgill simpson record it's this and that uh i was like oh i I got it believe me the uh the the tears uh definitely uh are evidence of i i understand what he's doing so in that it's a hard thing to talk about uh being a parent, I think, sometimes uh, without getting a little cheesy. And it is a little bit that. Uh, the beginning of the song is really slow and has these almost Disney-like strings to it, um, but in just such a really stirring and moving way that it's terrific. Uh, and it really does kind of convey a lot of the feelings of, you know, what it's like to you know have a new life that you're suddenly in charge of and just so in love with you can't uh, believe it. Um and then the great things happens about halfway through the track where the song really kicks into high gear and the horn section from the Dap Kings of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings comes in and the song does this great soulful pivot that really sets up the rest of the album and the tone of the album in a way that I think a lot of people found super surprising and I think it's one of the reasons why this album has gone on to be nominated for album of the year uh at the grammys this year uh that horn section is just this really cool twist uh that then kind of lets you know hey this album is going to be different it is not your typical uh country or alt country record i know the reason why some time think that's Sturgill to a T. He set out to make the record that he wanted to make and he really did it. So if you guys haven't checked out the song and the album, I highly recommend you do, especially if you are yourself a parent or dad, which, you know, you're listening to dad rock. So pretty good chance of that. All right, guys, have a great new year. All right. Thanks, Tug. And we are back in the studio. It's Mike Snyder. Thanks for having me. Good there to be he here. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. We're, as we're here always, at the for... end of 2016. Yes. I'm sure many of us would like to see it just uh, kick its ass out the door, right? Yeah, and fade <laughs> away. See ya, 2016. That's right. How well, are you going to send us off, Mike? Well, you know, this was a great year for what you might call 
neo-country traditionalists or Americana or whatever. And Whoa. there was a lot of good songs that uh, that I had to weed out to get to this one. But this one sticks with me probably because of the political connotations it has. I mean, I've talked all year about Margot Price, and I've followed Eric Church, um, and obviously Sturgill Simpson, mm-hmm. seen him a couple times. But this song um, that I picked for my favorite song of the year uh, came out in September from the Drive-By Truckers, which is a band I've followed for many years, and it's called What It Means. How, Mike, uh, would you frame this song in the context of the rest of the Drive-By Truckers career? Because this album was a little different for them, right? Um, It took a decidedly more political bent. Well, they've been a political band, but they kind of looked backwards in most of their albums. You know, they're from the South, and they looked at, you know, corruption and Southern governments and and they've looked at racism before, and they've looked at, you know, redneck culture and things like that. And I think they actually weren't going to have an album this year. And then they felt like they had so many seeds, they had something growing, they had to get out there. So this song was the first song written for the album. And it, Patterson wrote it just kind of in response to what was happening in the country, as we'd seen the toll of African-American men and boys being shot by police, you know, not picking a side, but just saying something's going wrong here. And that's where he got the song, What It Means. All right, let's let that song speak for itself. Sides calling names out of anger, out of fear. And if you say it wasn't racial when they shot him in his tracks, well, I guess that means that you ain't black. It means that you ain't black. I mean, Barack Obama won, and you can choose where to eat. But you don't see too many white kids lying bleeding on the street. So that's a really simple song. Starts out with just a guitar. Yep. And it continues to build, not to like some giant crescendo, but it, you know, in the end, it almost gets kind of a revivalist uh, sound because you get a little guitar solo in there, very mo- uh, very modest. And then at the end, you have uh, uh, people clapping. But this song um, kind of found a way to put into words some of the frustration and concern and sadness many of us had this year and still have. Um, and that's why I connected with it and just kept coming back to it. So You listen to a ton of albums, and uh, so this one must have really spoken to you somewhere along the line. Well, you know, what's funny is back in, I think it was actually about the time this album came out, uh, Metallica released a song that I can't really give you the lyrics to because they're too dirty to say on <laughs> um, semi-family radio yeah. uh, or podcasting, but that song kind of ca- gathered up frustration people felt that we were screwed basically yeah but it you know and i still listen to that song a lot in the gym and and when i'm running um but they didn't really go into specifics like patterson does in this song and you know 
the way the years continue to play out, you know, sometimes I need this song almost like a salve. When you drive around here, especially this time of year, uh, people got last minute shopping to go, and everybody's kind of driving like they're the most important person on the road. Yeah. This one kind of just kind of calms me down and zins me back and makes you feel like somebody out there thinks like you do. And that there are more important things to think about. Yeah, true that. Well said, man. Well said. Thank you, Micah. That's very appreciated. Thanks for having me. All right. So in keeping with current events, our next in-studio guest is Mr. Paul Singer, one of our politics editors. Howdy. (laughs) Howdy. (laughs) Um, You should just introduce your song. I'm not going to say anything about it. Tell Tell us about your pick. Well, uh, being asked to uh, uh, weigh in on on music of 2016, I was immediately uh, reminded of the fact that Merriam-Webster has just declared surreal the uh, word of the year because it has been a fairly surreal year, particularly in politics. And it began at the very beginning of the year when these three little girls in red, white, and blue cheerleader outfits got on stage at a Donald Trump rally and sang this song called freedom's call actually in fairness i think they were lip syncing um <laughs> but but it was this you know deal from strength or get crushed every time uh it was it, it, I, like everybody watching it was sort of stunned talk about surreal yeah. this this was truly surreal uh and it just it to me it defines the bananas political season we had that three little girls were standing up there saying you know come on boys knock them down slug them i don't remember what the line was but something like you know donald trump knows how to make america great which is you know deal from strength it was just fascinating all right should we hear it yeah oh please i can't get it out of my head so we might as well Or get crushed every time. Or get crushed every time. And, you know, and the beauty of this, of course, is, aside from the fact that poetry is not strong, um, <laughs> that it's like, you know, there was, like, the, I think the girls were like seven years old. Yeah. In this. Yeah. And, and then, of course, the story wouldn't die. There is some poetry to it. There is a little poetry to it. Um, the story wouldn't die because they then filed suit against Donald Trump. This is the best part of the whole story. So so these girls then file suit. Well, they're they're... One of their fathers, who's also the manager of the band, filed suit against Donald Trump, claiming that they've been offered an opportunity to appear at other rallies and sell merchandise. And and Trump's campaign somehow backed out of it. Um, uh, you'll be glad to know that here it is coming on Christmas, and uh, and they just uh, uh, dropped the lawsuit. Uh, it's not clear. They don't think there's any settlement of any sort. Maybe they're they're getting some sort of deal to sing at the inauguration. I don't know. They are, yeah. <laughs> they could use some dealing from strength at the inauguration <laughs> ceremony, I think. That is the definition of surreal. Um, it, it is the definition of surreal. Yeah. And so this one, Paul, totally came right to the top of your mind when, when asked about this instantly, right? Because 
it, it, I think 2016 will be remembered mainly for what happened in uh, uh, the first Tuesday in November. Well, and I think it also speaks to, you know, you guys reached out and to, to a group of us who've been on the show at various times and, yep. and asked us for, you know, things, you know, music from 2016. And it gives you an idea of just how warped my world has been <laughs> um, that for the entire year, the only song I can think of oh, that Lord. really is is deal from strength or get crushed every time it's i mean it's just been for those of us in the political world um it has been an ongoing misery uh and um that song just spoke to once again how completely ludicrous everything we saw this year was yeah it's kind of chilling when you when you think about it i do remember when it came out and you know we were talking about who these girls are and what it means at at our story meetings and somebody was going <laughs> and then somebody else is like, uh, 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 "Don't you start? No, yeah, it's your turn." And then it's just it's in your head for days. It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it's, and I apologize to everybody in the news <laughs> it, for when I said someone, for, I meant you for for putting it back in everybody's head. You know, I, I, when when you guys when I mentioned this to y'all in an email a couple of days ago, I was sort of like, "Oh, now I got to go listen to the song." Oh wait. Oh, I've forgotten that verse. And then it was like over and over again. So I'm walking around the house humming to myself, huh, 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 huh. stop it, stop that's right. it. And that's <laughs> at Singer News on Twitter if you want there to find out what he just exactly. did to you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad to also to have the opportunity to uh, to come on this show and, and promote, you know, my own podcast. That's I really why we invited you. The USA Today's <laughs> commercial. Cup, cup of Politics, politics. Um, where I can promise you on Cup of Politics we will not be singing this song. So... So tune in uh, Thursday. Thank you, Singer. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ben. All right. From the other side of the soundboard, we have producer Shannon Green talking to us next about her song of the year. Hey, guys. So welcome to to this side of the table, essentially. (laughs) I've been here the whole time. She has. It's true. Just on the other side where there's no microphone. So I guess I have to say hello from the other side. (laughs) Well-timed. I really like that singer just spoke about that word surreal because i do think when i think of 2016 even personally (laughs) i think surreal a little bit (laughs) i've had a good year professionally i am loving being full-time on podcasts that makes me very happy so that happened this year my podcast with my husband i tell my husband the news has been featured for two months on the itunes store under editor's choice nice so that's amazing Right now, my other baby um, at work was the podcast due date, uh-huh. and um, that's being featured by iTunes, so we're doing good. All kinds of good audio work. Winning streak. Yeah, so so life has been good, but it's also been a little surreal. I went to uh, both of the political conventions, along mm-hmm. with Singer and a bunch of other folks, and I would say at both, it felt very surreal. Um, and I really believe in music's ability to heal, <laughs> and I do think that after something like that happening, you need to find things that help to heal you. Jean Lejoie, you might know him as Taco on The League. I don't okay. know him as anything. <laughs> okay, you either? No. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so Jean Lejoie had set up to do this whole parody music video in October, right before the election, making fun of people, I think on both sides. And he had... A bunch of people there to do the music video had paid people, but then he decided to cancel it and call it all off because he just, he was feeling badly and he thought it was wrong to do this parody video. Mm -hmm. So instead, he sat down and wrote something out and decided to record it. 
and that's this this song. So let's take a listen. It's called A Song for the Election. Just because I'm voting for him doesn't mean you know my heart doesn't mean you know my family doesn't mean that I'm not smart You keep on telling me you know who I am You keep on telling me you know who I am And I hate you for it Yeah, I hate you for it Wow Just because Yeah, that song is wonderful <laughs> yeah very powerful and it's interesting that it comes from this this youtube star and a comedian who's had some fame um i just think it's a good way to remember to be compassionate to the people around you and i know that some people have cognitive dissonance when they think of how much they sometimes violently oppose mm-hmm. the political beliefs of those around them but it's important to remember that you can have feelings negative and positive at the same time. That's right. Yeah. And that compassion is something we should all strive towards as much as we can and not feel like you're betraying yourself to be compassionate towards others. Yeah. It's like the phrase, you can hold two thoughts in your head at once and you can hold two feelings in your heart at once and you can believe something and still let other people have their beliefs too. And yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it was so interesting that he was this inspired to call off this big music video he had planned. Um, One of the music videos that pops up next for me whenever I'm watching this uh, on YouTube is please use this song. And it's a parody about please use this song in a commercial because I need to get paid. (laughs) So it's kind of cool that John LeJoie, who has this, running thing with being on YouTube that he decided that it was more important to call this off and right from his heart. Just do a stripped down simple thing versus a over overblown production. Right. Right. Yeah. And that cuts through the noise a lot of times, you know, better than anything else could. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. It's a great choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um and and I liked in there, you know, the sentiment at least what I got from listening to it was uh, you know you can't necessarily uh, pigeonhole me or tell me exactly how I think and who I am. And I think that's a lesson from this year that we all need to remember that no matter how many people are telling you or others what's going to happen or how it's going to go, that you still need to go out there and act from what's in your heart and, and nothing else. Assumptions about people can sometimes be the most hateful thing you can do to another person. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to talk to people, find out what's behind their thinking. And that's something I think we should all do in 2017 to try to move towards a brighter future, a yeah. more peaceful future. Yeah, that's a really good resolution. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'll head back to the other side of the table now. <laughs> Those are your feet. <laughs> all right. Next up, we have also someone who's usually on the other side of the table behind the board, producer Taylor. Taylor Hello. Bacon. hello. So she is coming to us live from a closet <laughs> in um, uh, her parents' it's house, true. right? In Christmas vacation. Yeah. 
I'm home for the holidays and I guess the things I do for good audio, you can't take the, the audio producer out of me regardless where I am in the country. So here I am. There she is. Questing for great sound no matter where she is. Yeah. Yeah. And right now that is literally in a closet. I'm looking at a coat hanger and a tote bag behind her. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning uh, so much about my little brother right now because it is his closet. <laughs> seeing some old. There. Yeah. <laughs> So, Taylor, I'm really glad that you chose what you chose, and um, I think w if, if you could put it into a little bit of perspective, this album that came from Beyonce early this year, and what it's meant to you, and kind of how it fits into America. My pick for song of the year is Formation from Beyonce's Lemonade, which dropped earlier this year, and for me, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer, this song... And I mean, this entire album, arguably, when it dropped, just it didn't even make waves. It exploded. I mean, it was the topic of conversation. People were picking apart song by song. What did it mean? You know, a lot of the focus at the front end of those conversations were specifically about Beyonce and Jay-Z's relationship because there was a lot of undertone in that in the album altogether. But once people kind of got over that, um, they were able to focus on all of these other incredibly powerful messages that Beyonce just packed into this album. And I think Formation in particular is where we saw kind of all of those messages come together in one place. And so my, you know, my interpretation and many other people's interpretation of this song is that it really boils down to identity and it's exploring identity in terms, you know, for Beyonce as a woman, as a black woman, you know, who she is as a person in terms of where she's actually from um, and, you know, what it means to have identity regardless of what your identity is. Um, and so I think that's the really fascinating thing about this song because it doesn't just tackle one aspect of identity. It really tackles the full spectrum, so to speak. That's awesome. Yeah. And for someone who is the star, a star of the magnitude of Beyonce, that she was not, she didn't play it safe. She didn't sort of stamp out another sort of Beyonce album off a template. This record is... Um, and you can hear it in this song. This record is experimental. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot of chances. I have a lot of respect for her for trying that and actually not sitting still and standing in one place and taking on those issues that were important to her and in her heart. And um, just for an artist of her, you know, arguably the most famous, maybe the most famous musician in the world right now. I mean, you could make that argument. Maybe Kanye's a little more famous, but she's right up there if she's not as big of a star. For her to be that artistically bold, I just thought was a great statement. I don't particularly love every minute of this album, but I, I love a lot of it, and I, I just give her a lot of credit for doing that. That's awesome. I think that's right. And You've used the word artist, and of course she is, but this this is art, right? It, yeah. Like you said, it's not just sort of churning out another hit. Yeah, and, and it was a visual album, too, so there's obviously a ton of effort put into the videos and, and creation of this, too. Yeah, I will say that, you know, if you haven't had the chance to experience this song in the visual format or even the entire album, I would highly recommend it because that's really what it was, how it was designed to be consumed, you know, originally by Beyonce is paired with these powerful visuals. So there's so much going on in formation in the music video that you might not get from just the lyrics alone of listening to the audio version. She is very unafraid to write music that, you know what, not everyone will be able to identify with. You know, I'm 
a white woman. There are aspects of this song that I can't necessarily lay claim to as this applies to my personal identity to pin these very powerful and sometimes angry messages underneath it. There's a lot, there's a lot happening there that you have to pick through. And it's almost, you know, once you're done listening, you kind of have to just pause and go, okay, let me dissect everything that just happened and really evaluate, which is the mark of great, you know, a great artist right there. All right, let's hear a little bit of formation. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. This year, Beyonce's sister, Solange, put out an incredibly well-received album called The Seat at the Table that struggles with many of those kind of issues of identity and roots and, and heritage and all those things, too. And so it's kind of cool that it's on, um, you know, both of these great artists' minds. Yeah. Looking at the bigger picture of 2016, specifically with, you know, racial tensions and race relations in our country and kind of the, the current status of all of that. And I think the timing of this album could not have been better. It was, a vo- you know, a voice and a platform that Beyonce had and she recognized that she had and she used it and wasn't afraid to use it. And I think that speaks volumes Great pick, Taylor. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right. So we've run through our many guests. Yes. Our friends of the pod. Yep. Thank you to all of them for bringing some great songs to this podcast and to the podcast throughout the year. Thanks to all. And now Patrick and I are left. Yes. Holding the bag. (laughs) (laughs) So to speak. That's right. So um, I'll go first. Okay. And my song of the year wasn't too hard to pick. I had a couple that I really love, but I think this is a good one for this year. And it's Atomic Number, okay, um, which was the single from the Case Lang Veers album that yeah. came out this year. That's Nico Case, Katie Lang, and Laura Veers. And um, it came out in June, uh-huh. but this song was released in the spring um, when we first learned that this super group was going to come together yeah. and make this album. Yeah. So um, I guess the my personal story with this is that Case Lang Veers was coming to the D.C. area to play a show in late July. Mm -hmm. And um, my due date for my baby was August 3rd. And I said to my husband, if I'm still pregnant, if I wake up pregnant on this day, July 27th, then we're going to this concert. I'm not buying tickets ahead of time because I'm not planning on wasting my money. But I will buy them on StubHub for whatever they cost. I really want to go to the show. I will go. And we're going. And you're coming with me because we might be going to the hospital afterwards. right. (laughs) Or during. (laughs) (laughs) So on that morning... I said to my husband, I'm going to get these tickets. Is that okay with you? And we had talked about there was a, they had added a second show because this sold out so quickly. And that was the next night, July 28th. And he said, you know what? I'm really tired. It's been kind of a week. Could we just hang out at home tonight and go tomorrow? And I was like, you're playing with fire a little bit, but yes, because I'm tired too. And lo and behold, in between those two days, (laughs) 
is when <laughs> I went into labor and our baby was born yeah. on July 28th. So She saw a little opening there, so yeah. she was going for it. Yeah. She's like, you should have gone on the 27th. Yeah, you blew it. No, instead we went to Trader Joe's and stocked up on groceries, <laughs> which proved fruitful in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, and so I'll always remember, I remember telling a friend, I said, we didn't end up going to Kaysling Beers. We lost the the concert lottery, but I think we won yeah. the life lottery because our baby girl, Alice, is here. So um, so her timing was excellent. I'm sad I didn't get to see this, but I'll always remember that. I think when this song, Atomic Number, came out, um, it has a lot of like universal themes. So mm-hmm. an actual atomic number, the idea of the infinity symbol being written on your heart. Um, I, f- I feel like in parenthood, just to get a little woo-woo here, connected to so many more people. I feel connected to other parents in a way that I never was yeah. before, um, which is really wonderful. I feel connected to my daughter. I never had that kind of experience. I feel connected to previous generations in my family and to the future. Um, so it, you know, it's certainly not about parenthood, but it just, it's sort of a song about universality yeah. that were, really spoke to me as this thing that I've read, you know, having a baby is one of the most ordinary and extraordinary things in the world at the same time, because it's so common and yet it's so profound. Yeah. So uh, to me, this song is about that concept. And it's an amazing song. Plus it's awesome. (laughs) Right. From a great record that's uh, just highly unusual and how um, meshed the collaborators really seem to be able to become not having been in a band or anything. I mean, just astonishing to me. That's right. I hope that they will super group it up a second time, yeah. do another album, another tour, and I will go and I will bring Alice and maybe we'll hear the song together. But if this is if this album just is a moment in time of this year that doesn't exist again, I think that's a beautiful thing too. Amen. Let's hear Atomic Number. Yeah. So I guess two other things on that trail of thought that I was having before we played it is why the lyric, why are the wholesome things, the ones we make obscene? I think you can certainly apply to pregnancy, having a baby, you know, being a parent Um, and then being able to step away from the world for a little bit and have the time that I had with my daughter when I was on leave and then come back and feel like kind of a spark in that machine again, you know, and, and I wrote this this thing before I came back that I kept thinking of the phrase like I'm going back to the real world, which is we think of that as like kind of the grind, right? Like yeah. work and commute and go to the grocery store and Trader Joe's, whatever. Yeah. But I also felt like there wasn't anything more real than the two of us being together at home all the time and um, and being at our new little family with my husband too. So um, I was thinking that sort of applies to the end of my year as well as coming back to this the real world right and being back at work with you guys and 
getting to do the podcast again and just like checking back into everything that was there before. Right. With this added glorious other thing that you've now added to your sort of um, circle of life, right? Exactly. It moves us all. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, And we're very glad to have you back and and glad that the year has ended up on a positive note. Um, Before I say my uh, song, Mary, were there other songs that you wanted to mention that got close for you this year? I know you listen to a lot of music. Um, Just don't say Rafi. Well... There is him. There is he. <laughs> Spent a lot of time with him. So every th- there were there are obviously songs that connect with you in a year that didn't come out this year. Yeah. So I think they get kicked off the podcast for that reason. Sure. One of those would be the Then Came the Morning from the Lone Bellow album mm-hmm. that a friend included in a video that she made that was, um, you know, about just some things that she had been through. And every time I hear that, I just start weeping. Yeah. It's just such a, a beautiful, powerful song. Um and I talked about this last time on the podcast, but um, I really loved the Sturgill Simpson um, Nirvana cover in mm-hmm. Bloom. And then um, the whole Lori McKenna album, The Bird and the Rifle, and certainly the single yeah. off of that humble and kind, her version of it, that will always, that will feel like my prayer for my daughter, I think, which is what it's meant to be. So that's a very personal song for me in this year. Yeah. Um, those, what are, a, those are my top three. What a blessing. You're a very very blessed person so um it's great that music fits in so deeply with everything that you're doing still yeah i'm really glad my daughter likes music yeah too. <laughs> uh, it'll be wonderful when she gets to an age where you can tell her that story about um case lang veers and have her appreciate it so i fun. hope she can hope yeah she loves that song too we'll find out yeah. it's okay if she doesn't but <laughs> you know it's a great song okay well thank you um and as always thank you for having me along here on this show i think Um, it's the other way around uh, (laughs) well you know you're the rock yeah i've been i've been very blessed this year to be able to talk about music for a lot of time and um certainly i would want to very much keep um jim linehan in my thoughts Mm -hmm. you know this year obviously a lot of what i did this year was shaped by the work jim and i did and and i was very blessed to do that and i think because of that i probably listened to more music this year than i have in a long long time that's saying a lot yeah because i used to listen to a lot when mm-hmm. i was you know working as a reviewer and and always have listened to a ton of music but probably more this year than ever um and one of the super you know excellent things that jim and i got to do this year was take a trip to um south by southwest and you know, sleep in that, in that trailer. And that was a, that, that was, was an a, epic journey. That was an epic thing to do and, and, uh, very memorable. And I'm really glad I got to do that. But, um, I tried to also remember that, you know, as an addict of a lot of these year end best of lists and, and as a critic by nature and as a list maker and chronicler, um, you know, to not get too swept up in um, records that came out sort of in the last third of the year, right, or the last quarter of the year. And just because those are in your heavy rotation and they're very fresh for you right now. So Mm -hmm. I I tried to take a really balanced approach to the whole year. And so the song I ended up, um, I'm going to end up choosing is by Anderson .Paak, um, and it's called Celebrate. And it was on his album Malibu, which actually came out in January, all the way at the beginning of the year. Okay. Um, But... For that reason, I wanted to stay balanced, but also because I just dearly love the record, like front to back. It's an incredible mix of like um, soul, uh, rap. Um, there's some hip hop elements in there. There's some straight up funk. There's some R&B. 
There's even a little sort of electronic kind of influence on this record. Uh, it's just fabulous. And I, if you haven't heard it, I, this would be the one I'd, I'd really want you to go back and spend some time with. Um, it's got some classic Stevie Wonder, like, inner visions or, um, you know, that kind of period. Stevie Beautiful. Wonder creativity about it. Um, and Anderson Pack has been around for a while, and he, he's kind of a striver. Uh, you know, he at one time he was kind of a musician trying to make it on his own and ended up um, being homeless um, because he was, you know, going for this dream of his. And then he later hooked up with Dr. Dre and some other people and made some mixtapes and his voice appeared. But this really was his breakthrough, like um, far and away the most realized piece of work he's done. And um, what I like about this song, Celebrate so much, as you'll hear in the lyrics, is that he's really talking about an appreciation that he has for the moment that he's in. Uh, you know, he's he's he realizes that not everybody has gotten the chance that he's got, and he's kind of trying to put all that in in perspective. Um, at one point, he talks about um, seeing his son in the guise of a full grown man, even though his son's not there, and he knows he'll be there one day. And, and I think just listen to everybody talk about 2016. I think it's more important than ever to kind of appreciate that. Um, just kind of appreciate the moment that you're in right now. Um, be kind to each other as kind as we possibly can be and, uh, just be appreciative, just celebrate, um, you know, the moment that, that we're in. So that's, uh, that's so perfect for the end of the year. That's what, uh, one of the things I really love about this song more than anything else. That's awesome. Well, let's hear celebrate. Yeah. Time never cares if you're there or not there. All you ever needed was a simple plan But you're doing well, I mean you're not dead So let's celebrate while we still can I know what they say, I could give a care They talk so much on me, I must be doing something right I saw my son today, in the likeness of a full grown man so I'll celebrate while I still can. Ooh, on a day day you can see West LA, even downtown. I remember when I couldn't even see the point of stepping out the mother house. Let it go, 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 let it go. Let it go. That's really cool. There. Yeah, what an amazing song. And It's so sunny. It's like... Yeah, and, you know, Malibu's the album, but, you know, like he's saying there, uh, I can remember there's a time when I didn't even see the point of going out of the house, right? Mm -hmm. But today I can see West L.A. on a clear day. Um, and the opening line, time never cares if you're there or not there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so right, true. Man. So <laughs> here we are. That's right. So let's celebrate while we still can. And um, I was lucky enough to see Anderson play uh, when we were in Austin. And um, he played drums and sang on some of the songs. He, he sang and he rapped on others and just had an incredible vibe of someone who's really appreciative, but also an artist totally in a full flush of creativity. And it's not often you get to see people like when they're really in that moment, you know, and it feels like he's in his career defining moment right now. So it's kind of cool to see someone at that point. And that was one of the most memorable live performances I've seen this year too. So. Yeah. So that's, that's a time for you to have celebrated and Absolutely. appreciate being yeah. there. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm able to realize that too and, and to talk about it. So totally. Thank you very much. Well, thanks folks. for bringing this. Yeah. I feel like on a clear day, we can see 2017 from here. Yeah. It's looking pretty right. good. That's yeah, pretty clear right now. <laughs> well, thank you all very much for listening. 
Um, thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Mary and Dad Rock in our various incarnations throughout 2016. We've loved your feedback, your thoughts, your musical selections, your guest spots. Um, yep. It's been a lot of fun for us, so um, much appreciation. Big love to everybody. All right. We out. be concerned about the money in your brother's hand what's mine is yours thought you knew me better than that i was under the impression that we all want the best of life so let's celebrate while we still can <laughs>